O dearly beloved, holy Son of God, thy holy name that is above all, we bow the heads before thee, praying that thy spirit be among us today. Holy Son of God, be our heads, be upon us, Yahshua HaMessiah. Place thy flames in our hearts, O gracious Lord, that we do thy will, that thou live in us and that we may walk in thy ways. Set thy ways in our hearts and our minds that we be servants and that we serve one another, that you therefore bring us to other things that we may do. Thank you, O Lord Jesus, gracious Lord, for bringing us to this day. We pray to be grateful for the things that we don't know, the things that we don't see, and yet we are blessed anyway. We pray, thank you, Jesus, for the members of our body that works well. And we pray, Son of God, can you use us, that we may use the members of our body for your work. Thank you for our hands and feet, things that we don't think that, um, I know in the times that we have them, that we may not think of them, but when they're gone, we'll wish that, they, we'll wish that we have them. Thank you, Jesus, for our eyes, for there are people who wish to, to be able to see and we be grateful of them. Thank you, Holy Son of God, for our ears, for our mouths and our tongues. Thank you, Holy Son of God, for every member of our body that works functionally and perfectly well. But we pray that that you live in us, that um, you can use these members according to your will. The breath of life that you've given us to breathe today, we pray, Holy Son of God, that that you live in us, that this breath of life, that we use it aright, and that it be used well according to your will. Let thy spirit come upon us today, and thy flame be pressed hard in our hearts. Holy Son of God, let us die and not be afraid. Let us go out and speak the gospel according to thy will, that it be in our hearts a living fire and a living flame. Blessed art thou, Holy Son of God, blessed art thou indeed. And the most holy Son of God, the most precious name of Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd and True Vine. Amen. 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 We're going to start in Matthew, Matthew uh, chapter 25 and uh, verse 14. Um, we, we want to first, um, the, the, the study is, is going to be about kindness, um, kindness, it's about being kind, and some people may, may think that this is not a, um, a big deal, but we're about to see how big of a deal this really is. Some people might say that it's small and it doesn't matter, but we're, we're going to see how much it matters to the Son of God. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. So that's, that's um, from that point, I'm going to pause for that moment, um, that the Lord in this particular pas passage has given his servants and these people to their ability and to what they're able and capable of doing, talents. So let's say, um, for an example, um, nat natural, naturally, I know how to draw. But um, taking my time patiently on how to sketch, I grew a talent grew from that, and I know how to um, uh, cut hair. So I can line because I, I know how to sketch and take my time. Um, I know how to speak fluent French. And I've never interpreted before, but going back and forth from English, I know how to interpret pretty well. Um, and I, 
these are the talents that has developed from a talent from another talent. And so this is basically what's being said. Those who are um, have the ability and have the skills, God gave them according to what they're able to handle. Then he that, in verse 16, um, Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. So that's exactly what I was saying, that I knew how to draw and I traded it with um, cutting hair. So this person who um, had five talents um, from the beginning, he gained another five from the five that he had. He was, you can say he was blessed with five more because he was appreciative from the five that he had. Then he had that received the five talents, went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliveredest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. So here you have a man who was given five and gained five more. So he had a total of ten, and he's coming to his Lord, being honest, saying, "I have five, and I've been I've been faithful with this five, and I've gained five more beside it." His Lord said unto him, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord." He also that had received two talents came and said, "Lord." Thou deliveredest me unto two talents. Thou, thou deliveredest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. So God is, um, the Lord is going around blessing these servants who have been faithful, who have been upkeeping, upkeeping with their responsibility. But here is, uh, he, he will answer and address the one that had the one talent. Here you, here you have somebody who had only one, and he is about to address him. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hurt, a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. So... The two servants, they multiplied theirs, but he, this one, he hid it. So we're going to see what the Lord feels about hiding what he gives us freely. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. That, that is an important word there, is slothful, laziness. Like you had one, one talent, and you're telling me you hid your talent. That's some lazy stuff right there. You got five people, or you have, you have one person who had five, and he multiplied and got ten. You have one person who had two, and he multiplied it and got four. But you have one, and it's not like you were saying, like, Lord, this is a lot for me. Um, I, I, I did my best and tried to practice it. You completely hid it. Mm-hmm. You you hit it. Can I make a real quick point on that? Mm-hmm. Um, slothful too. Like if something stands for like metal for a very long time and isn't being used, it rusts and deteriorates. Mm. And that's kind of like that talent being hid under the ground. It's not being able to be used for any good and given out. Yeah. Fourth fruit. Yeah, that that is a good important point because imagine just that one thing of hiding God's talent. What does that say to the Lord? You know, if you if you. Um, what God said when he said, 
God created the heavens and the earth. When, in that process of when, him cre when he created the heavens and the earth, what did he say? It is good. So what, what the Lord gives you and then you hide it, what does that say to the Lord? Mm -hmm. You know, that can send so many messages like, this is not good enough. This is not, this is not um, good. You know, that can send so much. Mm -hmm. Unappreciative, ungrateful. Mm -hmm. uh, selfish. Verse, huh? Selfish. Yeah, selfish. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. So in that in this point, um, this is from those talents of the man hiding his, that was that dividing point right there. He divided his 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 portion. He took that talent away from him and gave it to those who, are, who would be profitable. So when you are unprofitable, this is what the Lord is saying, what will happen. When you are, because everybody is builders. Everybody are builders. But when you are unprofitable, what what is, when you are not using what is given to you, it is unprofitable. What happens to what is unprofitable? What happens to what, what you don't use? Where does it go? Yeah, it goes away. So, if one is to say, man, the Lord is a bully, but think about it. Even if the Lord didn't take this person and go, take him, put him in the prison, and he shall be cast out. Even if the Lord didn't do that, this person is, what is he sitting there? What what can he do? Where can he go? He can't go to the Lord because he, he didn't uh, appreciate his talent. Where can he go? There is nowhere to go. So, where was I? 32? Oh, 33. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and put the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was unhungered. And this is, this is the important part that I, I want to get to. Is this part right here. For I was unhungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, stranger, and ye took me in, naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. So some might say, man, that's, that's um, you being too sensitive. No, that is real. Mm -hmm. When you are reaching this part in your life, when things, when, when you're just, I, don't, I, can, I guess I can use the word stricken, when you're feeling vulnerable, mm -hmm. and uh, when you come unto people, and you love them, mm -hmm. But there are those who do it and love you, but they love out of a kind heart, and they do it for you. They're not, they're not doing it for themselves. They're actually doing it for you. And that is uplifting. Like, can you, have you ever been in this point where you're so low, and somebody comes to you and uplifts you? It's like, you came to me in my most, um, when the time period when I was vulnerable and naked. I mean, I'm wearing clothes, but I feel so naked right now. Mm -hmm. And you come into me, and that's strengthening. 
You know, I'm calling out to all my family and friends, but nobody can, they're not coming to my aid. There's only one person that is coming, and that's Jesus. You know, so in that time period, when I'm, um, when I'm to give my talent, when I'm to give my all, I will give it to him. Because when, I, when I'm down, he, gave, he was there to lift me up. So this is kind of like what that passage is saying. When I'm hungry, it's you giving me something to eat. It's you. So I'm going to read verse 35 again. And then these are just also times when somebody is at a t- where they need God like the most, you know, God's there for them. He doesn't deny them. Yes, he's not he's they're not rejected. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not rejected. There's no conditions. Mm-hmm. Oh, um yeah, in order for me to give you a ride, uh you got to sleep in my bed. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that sounds ab- absurd, but there's people that say things like that. Mm-hmm. In order for you to give me a ride, um you got to give me a hug, a kiss on the cheek. What kind of stuff is that? Mm-hmm. You know, in order for me to um, give you or buy you a plate of food, um, there's always conditions. But mm-hmm. God is not saying that. Mm-hmm. No, this is coming. This is free. Mm-hmm. He, giving these talents for free, mm-hmm. and this is what He's saying: um, use them. All right, I'm giving it to you freely. Freely you have um, received. Freely give. Mm-hmm. So in that in that person that has um, that one talent. Not not only can it be said that he hid it, but he didn't give anything. He didn't give. These people that multiplied, um, what what does it take to multiply your time? Or what does it take to multiply talents? You would t- have time to put into. You'd have to give time. You'd have, it, it takes a lot, you know? So I'm going to re- uh, reread 35 and continue from there. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee unhungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? Important part, because they're, they're answering this knowing that the Lord told them to do, do these things, right? But here you have, Lord, here you have them asking, Lord, when have we done this? This is coming from a heart from people not pointing out themselves, saying, look what I have done. Mm-hmm. When you do things, you're not supposed to tally mark it. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to Glory. check it. You're not, it's not supposed to be for self-glorying. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be un, completely unselfish where you're not even supposed to remember it. Mm-hmm. And this is where they're coming from, where the Lord can account and come to you and say, you have done this. Mm-hmm. And I will um, appoint you your reward and, sh- and show you when you have done it. So when you feel weak and feel worthless, I'll bring, I'll lift you up and tell you, you have done this and you might be mistaken and don't remember that you've done it. And that's good because you're doing unselfishly mm-hmm. and God will come to you and visit you. Mm-hmm. See, people might be mistaken and, and you're not supposed to do things and remember them and say, Hey, um, I, I remember I did this. You're not supposed to. Get it out of your mind. Do it. Because you're supposed to do it joyfully, cheerfully, and just just do it. And and when you're when there come a time period, when you're low, God is going to come to you. When you feel naked, God will see you and he will clothe you and say, Hey, remember that time when you did that to him? Now that I'm coming to visit you and remind you, I'm strengthening you in these words and you will be uplifted. So let's continue from there and uh, continue from verse uh, 37. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee unhungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? 
or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was in hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me. How important this is this? Can you imagine a king, a king who has... First of all, I want to point this out, and I'm going to come back to this point. The passage where the devil tempts Christ in the wilderness, and he comes to Christ and says... Bow down and I will give you this. First of all, I know that this is his kingdom for a moment of time. We all know that. But how can you give me what is mine? This is God's footstool. Mm -hmm. So it's like if, if you got a coat and, and it's that's your coat. And I take your shirt and I say, Andrew, um, give me $2 and I'll give you your shirt back. It's like, how can you give me what is mine? But Christ in that same moment was not thinking of himself. He was given all glory to the Father, and that the, uh, the Father was gonna, is going to honor him in due season, and in due time. But I'll continue. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in, naked, and ye clothed me not, sick and in prison, and ye visited me not. One can ask, like, if you have a king over, the, like, someone over the whole world, how can you not, you see him there, how can you not visit him? This is Jesus. Mm -hmm. This is Christ. How can we not do these things that he's asking us to do? We are called to do these things, even if it's the least. You know, even if it's the least saying, hey, go visit them on the street. Go lift them up in their spirit. Mm -hmm. They're one thought away from suicide. Mm -hmm. They're one thought away from murdering that person right next to them, strangling them to death. And their, their excuse would be, man, I got a hard life. I'm sick of it. But we, we got to have it. We got to have Jesus in us so that we can be kind to one another. That we can love one another. You know that it is so convenient and easy for us to strike hands. It's easy for us to say, hey man, you need to get it together. Yes, that is love in that. But there is also love in being meek. Take the hits. Mm -hmm. Suffer. You know, be kind to one another. We don't see kindness in that way. But yes, there is kindness in that. Take the blow. You take that blow and somebody can say, hey, I'm, I'm, I realize I did wrong to you. I'm sorry. You know, that... that um long-suffering of love in you, that person will come back. God's message does not come back void. So if he told you to suffer, suffer. And when that bell ring, that bell has an echo. And when it goes up to God, he sends his angel to come back. Thank you, Jesus. And he'll come back. It never comes back void. Verse 44. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee unhungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee. This is the people that are trying to defend their own cause. But here you have the people who did do the Lord's will, but they didn't take account into it. The other people who, are, who did not do these things unto the Lord, they didn't do it unto Him. They did it for themselves. So here are these people that are trying to defend themselves and say, and did not minister unto thee. Then shall He answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of thee, and to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Amen. 
And I say that um, that that is really important because a lot of things that we are called to do, we we have to be honest. We we do feel there's a, a point in time where we feel like the things that we do is is like upon deaf ears. We feel that we are doing it for nothing. But I know that I believe and know that as the scripture says, we can we can go through life and be beaten. Time can beat us up. Time itself can beat us up. And in that, um, being patient, patience can beat us up. You know, it is hard to be patient. We have to be honest and confess. It's hard sometimes to be patient. But in your faithfulness, God, God will visit you and uplift you and say, Hey, there was a time period when you did all these things and you didn't tally mark it. And yet I, I see your weariness. I see it. And he will visit you and clothe you and remind you of those things to remain faithful of your calling. Don't forget. Don't be a forgetful hearer. And continue to do the faithful works in which we are called. So, is it underneath? That's funny. We really should. Um, I think about all the times that the Lord speaks to me. You know, and we really should just like keep a journal of those things because it is so easy just to, like take our minds off of that and just go into the world. And it's like the Holy Ghost will remind us of those things, but He's not saying that just just to say it, you know, like regardless of if He can bring it back or not, like we still have accountability as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and like when He puts those those visions inside of us or those those words that give us direction it's like we could be working towards that direction and then he'll give us more word, you know, and then we'll just keep on following after each time, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's hard and, and sometimes we, we get weary, but um, being built up in Jesus and having Christ in us, um, he reminds us, you know, um, you know, to remain faithful, to continue. Um, There's Adam who said, he said accountability, and that word literally means account for your abilities. So you... Jesus is taking account for if you are serving him with the gifts he is giving you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true too because in the scripture in which I think we will pass by it, it does say that um, with your with your own ability, it says uh, use him uh, mm-hmm. for the glory of the Lord. Use those abilities. Let's go to Matthew 5. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was sad, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice, and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And this is the part I wanted to get to. Ye are the salt of the earth, 
But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. And this, and this we pray in Christ Jesus. If our salt has gone out, I pray that Christ salt us more and place more preservatives in us that we continue in his word. Because I know that some, sometimes when you are walking uh, and keeping the path, um, sometimes you can you can um, you can start to have doubt, you know, and and your good thoughts can start to be attacked. When I when good thoughts by good thoughts I mean there is only one good thought. We know that there is only one person that is good, and that is God. So that is a good thought. God is the good thought. So keeping a good thought is Jesus. But sometimes your good thoughts can be attacked with bad thoughts, with negative thoughts, political stuff in the world. We just get, we start to get weary. And sometimes that salt, we got to remember to be salted. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. Um, so in going back to that talent, you can say that man hid his light. God gave him that talent and he hid it. But God is telling us, Christ is telling us, do not hide it. You, he gave you that for a specific purpose. If, if, the, if we know that the, the, um, the world is given over to the enemy for a season, we know, we, um, and for a time, we know that there's darkness in this world. We know that there is wickedness and evil in this world. Mm -hmm. But if he is, has a place light in his people, in certain people, we are to keep that light. But if we hide it, then what is the point? So here you have it. It says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. You can't be hid if he put light in you. But if you go and hide it, then you are unprofitable. How can you hide what he gave you to be shining into, into others? And to uplift others. Verse 15. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think not I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So if any anyone has anything to add, go ahead and add into it. I have a question. Maybe kind of a comment too. Um, so the salt of the earth thing has always been something that has kind of um, been hard for me to grasp. And um, I felt like I got I, uh, a little bit of understanding through you teaching it just now. And I just want to, I got this um, vision of also being the salt of the earth. You know how like salt preserves and you said preservatives like meat and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like how we're supposed to be like the spiritual food. Um, and how if we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, then we're keeping alive like Jesus's like spiritual meat as we're here mm -hmm. on earth. Is that like kind of what it's saying? Yeah, that, that is partly what it's saying. We are we are being preserved mm -hmm. until this until he comes. Mm -hmm. um, that way, when he comes, you say I. It's it's an, it's also in a way when he sends his angels when he when he um, says the parable I um, when the tares and from the wheat. When he sends his angel in time of harvest, he knows his people because they have salt in them. They have the light still in them. The other people have darkness. Um, the people that don't hide their talents, you still got it. How will he know is when he will come and visit you and show you and check you. Sometimes it, it's in different times of how he can uh, come on you and come to you. It's times when we don't know. 
you can see um visit a homeless man and he could just be sitting there peacefully. Mm-hmm. That could be an angel, an angel sent from God. Mm-hmm. And he tells us and reminds us be aware. You could be uh, entertaining angels unawares. That could be God's a check mark right there. So mm-hmm. that's that's a point in time where God can be checking and seeing like I'm going to check and see if he still has salt in him. Mm-hmm. Let me check it and see in this time period. And this is the time when he checks. So we got to be mindful. But yeah. About salt, sorry, James. No. <laughs> um, so the other thing about salt, I was just thinking to you, like how like slugs are like super slow and like representative mm-hmm. of like a softful spirit, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I guess if you're and salted, they yeah, they yeah. melt, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a good point. I mean, refer- referring to a slothful spirit, yes, put salt on us. The more to mm-hmm. s- to melt that slothful spirit mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. If relating to a slothful spirit, that salt is like a slug to that in that effect. Put all the salt on it. I mean, not not in a sense to torture God's creation. Mm-hmm. That's that's not the point. But in the way of a slothful and lazy spirit, let all the salt that that can be applied to us be applied, so mm-hmm. that 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 slothful spirit, you know. Be be away, be done away with. So Matthew, um, Matthew twenty three, verse one. So um, the point of this is, like I said, is kindness. So so far we've been we've been um, going over um, service and being of servants. So they got the talents, and you, you were to, like multiplying the talents, and we we're going to get more into acts of kindness and what Jesus calls us to do. Um, then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not. Ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge their borders of their garments. And love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called of men rabbi, rabbi. So that's, they're only doing that for themselves. They're only building their. It's like, it's like you can almost say is they're only building them a stage for themselves. But when walking the path of Christ, we we're not looking to build the self. We're not looking to build a stage for ourselves. In fact, we're actually looking to build others up. Mm-hmm. That's what we're called to do. So when we feel weak in so doing, which we might feel, mm-hmm. you might be um, going out and um, into the ministry and uplifting other people in the ministry and you might feel weary like man I got a lot of responsibility I got a lot to do Mm -hmm. and God will come to you and uplift you Mm -hmm. like don't be weary in the process of your works Mm -hmm. you might be the same thing and you might be the same thing in doing Mm -hmm. God will come and visit you but mm -hmm. lifting up God because when you do that and you put him as the focus yes and he's able to have direct access access to whoever you're talking to amen yes yes and and when we do that of course, all the glory is, that is the point, is the bigger picture, is Jesus. Mm-hmm. When you are doing these works, mm-hmm. um, 
I'm, 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 maybe you all have had this experience where people see you and it's like, wow, you are, um, like you're an angel. You know, some people might say that loosely. Or you're a saint. Yeah, or you're a saint. And they might be praising God, like, thank you. Like, God, I'm really, people are really grateful to God. Like, there are people who are really thankful of pe- people seeing, of people doing their works. Because believe me, there is darkness in the world where they're grateful to see, this is, might be small to some, but they're grateful to see a sensitive person. Because, believe it or not, sensitive sensitive person, a sensitive person, have key characteristics that is um, effect, very effective to somebody. If you Can you imagine being in a household that's so hard? That's so critical. That's so not not in the heart of heart in the sense of um, telling you what you should be doing. Not in that sense, but hard in the sense of uh, critical judging. Um, Difference between criticism and correcting. Yes, I mean because too much criticism can be um, destructive as opposed as opposed to productive and constructive. But when you meet that sensitive person, a sensitive person can have care, can be kind, can be patient, can be long suffering. So. Just that small thing, just something like that, people might count as small, but it's not. It can be great. Being sensitive is a great thing because when the world becomes hard, people are going to wish that they can find a sensitive person of God, mm-hmm. a sensitive person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you are sensitive, I'm a, if, if I'm a sensitive person, then I have to be sensitive to what Andrew might be feeling. Mm-hmm. Andrew, how are you doing? Andrew, um, do you have a good day today? Like, what, What's going on? You know, Mr. Haller, what's on your mind? Like, you can be able, you should be able, if when uh, following Christ and Christ living in you, one should be able to feel their brothers. Mm-hmm. A hard-hearted person won't be able to check in. They're hard. How can they? How can they say, um, oh, I can't give examples of a hard person, but those that, um, um, are j- I can just explain it as those who are just can't reach that point to get into somebody. And this is not to say that those who are strong in the spirit, that's not saying that. It's those who are strong in the spirit are strong in the spirit. Those who are tough in the spirit are tough in the spirit. That's a different story. But I mean that those are just hard-hearted. Those who are just, uh, uh, just, just can't reach you. You know, those who don't know how to be kind or sensitive or caring or loving. You know, yeah, empathetic. Those who don't know how to walk, walk along their brethren and, um, you know, just take the hits too. You know what I mean? Like those who don't know how to do that. So where was I? Oh, be not called. Okay, verse 8. But be not be but be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. And this is the point I wanted to get to. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. So in verse 12, it says, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. Go back up to um, verse 5, um, where it says, But all their works they do for, for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge their borders of and their garments or of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feast and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called of men rabbi rabbi 
So as was said before, this is the people who build their own stage. This is people that's making their own, making a name for themselves, mm -hmm. trying to make themselves look good. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Even Christ. What did Christ come to do? To serve. Yeah. This is this is some this is um the the righteous king, the great king, the great high priest, the one the one the name above all names, who was sent by the Father to do a work. And um the all power was given unto him of heaven and of earth. He could do anything. He could will he could will you to um Depart from me. He could will to you say, yes, you will be with me in paradise. He can, This is someone that could do this. He can cast both body and soul in hell. Mm -hmm. But this is the one who came down here to be a servant. Who He that is greatest among you, let him be your servant. Mm -hmm. Verse 12. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For ye shall, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. So the point of this again is kindness. So mind you, those that are of a strong spirit and those who are tough in the spirit are very much in uplifting indeed. Mm -hmm. For those that are sensitive in the spirit are still uplifting indeed. Mm -hmm. They're different aspects, but the same body. Same body that are called by Christ, but all work and all and do the same thing. Mm -hmm. This person is sensitive over here, but this person is strong in the spirit over here. But they're all called of the Lord to do the same thing, and that's mm -hmm. building in Christ. Yeah. This person might be sensitive and caring, but their, their, their um, characteristics is just as important in, in uplifting and building as a strong character and a strong person in the Lord. Mm -hmm. As a modest, meek, humble, they're all doing the same thing It's building. Well, I honestly think that everyone that is of the body of Christ does have those traits. Mm -hmm. You know, they may show forth differently, yeah. but they are the same traits. Yes. I don't think that you can be in the kingdom of God and not have meekness. You know what I mean? I don't think that you can be a member of the body of Christ and not have kindness. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, um, you know, we all have something, like you said, delivery. Yes. I could see us in one way or another, but... I think it's good to be flexible as the spirit wills more yes. so than identifying ourselves as one thing or another. Right, right. You know, because sometimes the spirit will tell you, you know, yes. let them have it yes. because of whatever. And other times they'll ask you, hey, have you eaten? Are you doing okay? What's going on? Do you need this? Right. So, I mean, it's important that we yield to the spirit yes. no matter what the spirit yields of us. Yes. You know, so yeah, that's that what I'm just, I was just trying to understand it first. Yeah, no no, that that is right. That's true. We we are we are supposed to empty ourselves and not try to take up something and try to build up our own selves and say I'm going to be this. It's Jesus that fills us up. It, we've it, seen many personalities in Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. you know. Where one minute he's like, you know, the woman brushing her hair, and woman your your sins have been forgiven. Right. You know, and everything he did with the alabaster box and other things and there's other times like he's saying right now Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because mm -hmm. of whatever, whatever. So, right. But you know that he was led by the Spirit in everything he did. Yeah. Yeah. But in, in saying that, in saying so, like, in our different abilities, if if you're able to, if you grew up in a hard household and you don't know how to be sensitive, Jesus can use that towards something to lift somebody up. That's that's your character trait that God can use. That's, that's just something that... Um, 
it, it doesn't mean that you're bad just because you don't have that sensitivity. And, and it doesn't mean that you might not have it. God can still work with you to, to reach it. But what I'm saying is for somebody that grew up in this household that's strong or that's tough, God can mold it into a condition that's, that's for the spirit and fit for the kingdom. Same thing for a sensitive person. God can use that too. So yes, that, that is true, that God can use us for our several abilities that's different. And all of us have certain characteristics that are the same, but some of us are somehow able to reach it better than others. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, yeah. I think too, as you're growing in Christ, He will reveal things to pray about and like characteristics that He wants to grow inside of you. Because I know like when I was in the world, there were certain things about me that weren't, na- I mean, that were natural of how I'd act and then... When, as I've been getting closer to God, He reveals, like, you know, I, I do need you to be more bold or whatever. Or, like, I know for Carlin at one point was to make his heart, you know, soft like flesh. Mm-hmm. That melts like butter. And um, these are things that, you know, God will show us to pray about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny, too, because, sorry to go back to the us always being ready with the salt. Like, I was just thinking, like, when you were trying to think of, like, what it means to have, like, a hard heart like I do I felt like my heart is so cold yeah like cold yeah I think cold is an accurate word but I also mean to use yeah yeah it's like cold and calculated like everything I had to like I don't know just think through you know instead of like just be open to like feel whatever but like that's the other thing with the like salt like that melts away ice too it's just Mm -hmm. hot like it's the difference between hot and cold that's Mm -hmm. that's salt I don't know why I'm not. I'm not used to using this big Bible, so it'll take me some time to get <laughs> to get to. No, I I, I don't mind it because that way. I mean, these are small words, and I mean, I'm having my glasses on, so I won't spit. Also used to kill bacteria and clean. Mm. So just <laughs> something else. Uh, just you, our God is so beautiful the way He designs things, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. He can pull pull something yeah. out of nothing. Yeah. He really can. Yeah. Let's go to um Saint John in uh, chapter thirteen. But yeah, I, I hope that um, it doesn't get across that um, that anybody that I hope it's not getting across that um, that you feel like you know you're being judged or anything like that. No, no, not at all. The only thing that I was like trying to make clear is that you know, like we were talking about with Carlin on Saturday when he had his situation. You know, we talked after breakfast about he was talking to someone and you said the woman said something about Buddhism or. She claimed it was the same God or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Carlin said he felt in anger, you know, like he was ready to blow up. Mm-hmm. But if that spirit was actually telling him to say what needed to be said at that point, Carlin shouldn't feel like he wasn't being kind. Right. You know, we have to yield to what the spirit suggests that yeah. we do. Because anything outside of that, if we were to rest in ourselves and not in what God wants, then that would be disobedience. Right. Whether we're trying to be kind, whether we're trying to be aggressive, whatever it is. If the spirit does not lead it, then you are outside of what God calls you to do. Yeah. So that's what I meant. I wasn't talking about everybody's gift because we all do have different approaches because yeah. we're different instruments of the Lord. We're going to play differently. Right. But I just meant like be led of the spirit. Make sure he's blowing that instrument of course, no yes. matter what we're led to do. Yes. Right. Uh, St. John in uh, chapter 13, verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his... I was come, 
that he should depart out of his world out of this world and to the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God, and went to God. He riseth from supper, and laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself. After that he poureth water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. You, you want a shower? <laughs> okay, let's, verse, verse 10. Jesus saith, unto, Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet, and had taken his garments, and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that ye should do as I have done to you. So there is two um, important things in this study. One, the perfect example, which being Christ. He is the perfect example. He says here, uh, for, I, for I have given you an example on how we should do one to another. So in this passage, we see that it's washing of feet, but the physical part that, that was done, that was not it. It was like a, you can say it was like a, yeah, a manifestation of the Spirit, a power being done in the sense that they are being clean. He said in verse 11, For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. He was cleaning them. So in the verse, in verse um, 15, he says, For I have given you an example, that ye should do as I have done to you. Mm-hmm. That ye should do as I have done to you, meaning do, do also to others. Mm-hmm. Meaning if we are to um, correct one another, to clean one another, and to admonish one another, correct one another. This is like one and the same. Like to our brothers, we are to do the same thing. As it's, I uh, can't remember or uh, recall the scripture, as uh, uh, sharpening each other's countenance. This is kind of in, in relating to the same thing. It's like being there for one another, we are supposed to do this, and mm-hmm. washing each other. So if I, if I, um, I- even if I was to do something wrong, I'm supposed to confess and say, hey, um, I've seen something with my eyes and I feel bad. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, that's in a way, and you talk to me and say, yeah, it's, it's not right. You know, we, we look in the word on how we're supposed to wash one another. And that's the way of washing it. That, that's, and that's the way Christ calls us to do. As he washes us, we are to do the same thing to others. Or just serve each other. Yeah, serving one another. That was the prime example, you know, as far as it goes, because what can be more humble 
than washing someone's feet. So that was more of an example and not just said you this is what you need to do, but he was meaning in terms of, you know, in order to wash someone's feet, I mean, come on, feet are something you walk around with all day. Mm-hmm. And to be able to lower yourself beyond, you know, beyond yeah, your brother bowing down. to do what you're doing. He was saying it's almost like the ultimate display of humility. Yes. You know, is what he, yeah. Because, I mean, when you see, when you, even if you see beggars or, um, when they humble themselves, what what do they do? They they say, "Please, I need I need money." You know, they bow down at somebody's feet. You know that that is humility. So bowing down at somebody's feet is a sense of humility, just like Mister Mister Allah was saying. So washing of the feet is what what we're supposed to have in our spirit. We're supposed to be that way in our hearts that Christ lifts us up like a vessel. We're not supposed to fill it up with like. Think of water being like different forms. Like this water over here is like. Uh, strong man. This water over here is like uh, confidence. This water over here is like this, and this water over here is that. But Christ is saying, no, empty. Out. We're supposed to be humble. That Christ fills us up. The Spirit fills us up. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, gonna continue. Continuing in verse uh, 16. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Amen. Glory to the most holy name. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it come, that when it is when it is come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. Okay. And let's go to... Let's go to John 18. St. John 18. Another thing about, like, feet is that... I know in the Bible somewhere it talks about, like, the beautiful feet and, like, just yeah. representing... Yeah, uh, beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of, of, of peace. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've, um, I've, I know I've probably said this before, but I met a woman. I was introduced to a woman. Uh, we call Her name was Wheelchair Jan because she, she was in a wheelchair. We called her Wheelchair Jan. It was the first time uh, I met her, and um, she looked at me, and she goes, You are a beautiful young man. And I, I'm not the kind of person that like looks at um, like physical and that's not what I thought that she was talking about. Mm-hmm. I thought that she, in my mind, what I was thinking of is she probably is probably talking about my demeanor. Yeah, what's inside my heart? Mm-hmm. Because she, um, I probably spoke a few words, and then like she was just like staring at me. She's like, "You are, you are beautiful. Like you are a beautiful young man." I was like, "Wow, thank you." And when when people in, in that scripture, that is that is partly. Um, Kind of like what that relates to. It's like inside, like the the you are beautiful. People can see that that that. Um, how can I say this? When when you are put in the oven um, as a jewel, you're taken out constantly. It's like shaving away. Think think of a think of us think of, think of us all having calluses on our hearts, having sores, having sin. And throughout our life, Jesus hacks it away constantly, hacks it away. And once he's hacking, keep hacking, or in this, um, or in a different analogy, 
which is in the scripture, he keeps taking out the jewels out of the oven and keeps putting them back in and keeps flicking them, keeps flicking them and flicking them. When we get perfect, it's beautiful. It's perfect then, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's basically in, in the same relation. Like Beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. Those who are supposed to do what they're supposed to do. Those who do um, preach the gospel, mm -hmm. people can see that beautifulness. They can see Jesus. Mm -hmm. They see Christ. So we're going to start in um, chapter 18, verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kadron, or Sidron, where was a garden unto the which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, saying, They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto, unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon, as soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked he them again. That makes me think, like, what caused them to fall to the ground? Like, I don't know, that's just something to think about. Demons inside of them, probably. Could be humbling. It's the, it's the title. You know, like, I am that I am. Yeah, I am I he. I am he. Yeah. You know, so once that was clear that he was God, that what did they say? At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue should confess. Every, yeah. But it was just that glory, that power. Yeah, that glory. That yeah, that's what I was... Back that beautiful, yeah. That was that authority yeah. that they couldn't do anything with. I was, um, I was thinking that, but I was also thinking this too. Here you have somebody in their time of death speaking so kindly. I am he. Can you imagine? That's that's like whoa. Like who is this person to speak so gentle? Who is this person that speaks and pow it's powerful? Mm -hmm. That is great. Like somebody come to you um with swords, with, with guns, AK forty seven, rifles and with knives. Mm -hmm. Some of these soldiers have different weapons and they, they got the face of bloody men, they're about to tear you apart. Mm -hmm. And they say, Um, where's Ryan? And you're like, I, I am I'm right here. Like, oh gosh, let me, uh, let me, um, are you, sh this, this is Ryan? Some people expect you to run scared. Some people expect you to be afraid. And, and I forgot, I don't know, remember what passage it is, but, um, it's like when, um, when you don't fear death, it's like when you, I forgot what passage it is, but when you don't fear death, it's like death flees from you or something. It's like, it's like death wants, um, there's, death didn't get any glory in this. None at all. Um, Jesus overcame death. Huh? On the cross, Jesus overcame death. Right, yes, Jesus overcame death. Have you ever heard the saying that, um, that, um, and this is, this is in movies too, that you see those serial killers where they, they writhe off seeing their victims suffer. They like get like a fixation or like they get strength over seeing somebody suffer. Mm -hmm. But th here you have Christ. He's not afraid at all. Mm -hmm. He is the son of God. Like he knows what he came to do, but he answers them. And what made me think is like, why did they fall back? Yeah, that they saw that authority. They saw that glory. Because the Bible says that he spoke as one having authority, not like the scribes. It even said that in Revelation, he had a voice like a sea of many waters. So that's a roaring voice. Yeah. You know, that's a voice that, you know, 
when you speak as one having authority, it said people were amazed at what he said. So I don't think he said, I mean, honestly, when he said, I am he, I don't think he said that gently. No, I think no, he I'm said not, it like confidently, like, no, I know what you mean though, but like what giving I'm, yourself What I'm over. saying is, what I'm also saying is you can be, a, you can say it in a calm way is what I'm saying. Like I, I, I mean, said, right. I, I said the word gentle, but what I also mean is calm right. in at peace. Right. Christ wasn't afraid. So if you if you come to in this passage, they they came to him and they he said, "Who seek ye?" and he said it calm. There was no shaking, no hesitation, and they bowed down and fear basically gave him reverence. Amen. Because he said, "No man taketh my life." He said, "I lay it down." I lay it down. So what I mean to say is, like he said it in a calm way. Right. So that that's the way I'm thinking it too. Something also that's. Sometimes you can say something very calmly, and it actually be more powerful than shouting. Yeah, I've learned that through like coaching Servant ear or servant. 
I'll reread that. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put thy sword into the, into the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Then the band and the captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. The important part I want to point out was, was that here you have um, these soldiers who have all these weapons and the things that they're coming to, to grab and take Jesus. And Peter took the sword out. And he struck, um, and he smote one of the um, the high priest's servants. Mm -hmm. But Jesus was showing, an, even unto his enemies, kindness. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a passage where he says he even put that ear back on. Mm -hmm. And some say, some might say that that is the last miracle that cre that Jesus did. But there is even a miracle I, I count it as glorious thing that Christ Jesus did. So I know that's I want I want to point this out too, and, and we'll continue to the next one. Uh, actually, can I say something real quick? Mm -hmm. uh, also, <laughs> me and Carla had just recently talked about this. Peter going, he had so much anger at the sin and what they were doing that he wanted to cut his ear off. Just so upset, you know. But um, at the same time, we're supposed to be angry and sin not, and by doing that act of violence, that becomes a sin. Whereas I think it's crazy that Jesus. You know, made that right again. After yeah. Like yeah. The moment he's doing that, but like his heart, like wasn't truly for the Lord. Like he would have felt that conviction doing that. Like I just, I just like think about it. Like it's more like he was like in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He was in the flesh, but I do think that he was trying to be faithful in ways yeah. that he really didn't understand. Yeah. And that's why the Lord didn't say, Peter, you know, you're doing violence. He said, Peter, put that sword in that sheath. Because he didn't uh, The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Like, in mm -hmm. other words, Peter, you know I'm a lamb led to the slaughter. You know, you can't do this. I'm not saying the Lord was for him pulling his sword. But the Lord was making it clear, too, just how he chose Judas so that Scripture could be fulfilled. Yeah. Peter, put your sword away so that Scripture can be fulfilled. You know, like... You're not, you know what I'm saying? Like, my question to this would be, what was Peter carrying a sword for in the first place? You know, obviously the Lord knew he had one. So I'm wondering, like, why was Peter even carrying the sword? Like, you would have thought he would have said, Peter, your weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So it's like, why would you carry a sword? It to be examples for us, though, too, to learn from this spiritual walk and journey through Peter doing this. Yeah, he made it clear that, you know, the cup is... Hey, I got a drink from this cup, you know? What, sorry. Um, well, you, oh, yeah. James. I was actually thinking about maybe that was a misrepresentation, how people misuse the scripture today, because it was a sword, and he cut the man's ear off, so mm -hmm. hearing. So it was almost like maybe that's what it kind of represented a misusing of the scripture, like, you know, Jesus Christ had to be fulfilled on the cross. People use, misuse the sword of the spirit today, mm. you know, to lead people astray. Yeah. But, um,. When Jesus Christ healed the man's ear, he was like, look, I died for everyone to be saved, even this man here, so I must die. No, but I agree with James, because the Bible says that you live by the sword, you die by it. I mean, that's not the way of a Christian. Yeah. You know, we are to lay our lives and down. Yeah, to, and the fruits of the Spirit is what? One of the fruits of the Spirit is kindness. One of the fruits of the Spirit is love, long-suffering. So in this act... It was it was a miracle. He, um, in one of the scriptures, I believe it's in Luke, he puts the ear back on. Um, that's a miracle. 
Um, and what I want to continue saying is that some might deem that to be the last miracle that Christ did before he was, uh, we, went, we went through the suffering on the cross. For, I was going to go back to verse 4. It's, it's almost like when, when he asks whom seek he, it's like as if they, he's, he's trying to give him like a second chance. Like, do, do you seek me to kill me or do you seek me as your Lord and Savior? Hmm. You know, and then they asked him again. It's like, okay, you guys really want me instead That's a good of point. You know? <laughs> yeah, because he asked him twice. Like, right. In other words, you can't take me even if you wanted to. Let's just understand. I'm laying my life down, obeying my father. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's um, yeah, a, a kind act is kindness. You know, showing kindness even unto his enemies that came to take him. But yeah, the um, what I want to say before I, um, before getting to this next scripture, uh, Saint Mark uh, chapter ten, is that um, even even when uh, that moment of when Jesus was on the cross and, and suffering. Um, he, it's like, um, like even having, he was, he was tortured and beaten for six hours. And then I believe he, he was on the cross, I think for three. Um, and then through all that, he, he's like pouring, like he said, it, it was, as the scripture says, he poured out his soul unto death. Unto death. Yeah. And one would think that you have nothing else to give. Like someone would think like, what else can one give? But the last thing he said, he says, "Woman, look into thy son." He was, he was. I can't how how it, it just left my mind. But that was the last thing he gave. That was that right there. And some might say, like, how can one get? He still gave. In that last moment, he was still giving. Amen. So let's um, go to chapter ten. We're so blessed, you know, to like have the fruits of the spirit, you know, and be able to like listen to. Well, I like the point James is making tonight because he was talking about how, you know, even in, even on the cross, Jesus wasn't slothful. And mm-hmm. here you and I are, we got total freedom and we choose to do what we want to do. But even on the cross, he was, he was obedient unto his father, even unto death. I mean, even when they were, he was still saving people on the cross. I mean, yeah. what an awesome God. Yeah, I got a question about this year thing. So obviously, Matthew, Luke, and John had the same story. Mm-hmm. One talked about the year, one talked about the year, and he put it back on. I think the other one didn't talk about the year. Right. So it's like, where, where is they there? Well, it's, I think that... Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I mean, well, some um, Gospels put more emphasis than others. Mm-hmm. It's not that, you know, they weren't there, whatever the situation was, but they stress some things that they might feel are more important at the time. Yeah. You know, um, some, the only second-hand account, so it's kind well, of the only two... What they two got se- out of it, pretty much, what they, what they remember as a different person, obviously. Right, the only second-hand account of the Gospels is Luke. The others were present, you know, like they were there, but Luke was a second-hand account. So John and Matthew were there. Yeah, uh, Mark's account is Peter's account, and then there's Matthew and, and John. Okay, uh, we're going to go to uh, chapter 10 of St. Mark and verse 35. And, 35? Yes. Okay. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. And he said unto them, What would that ye I should do for you? 
They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit, one on thy right hand, and the other on thy left hand, in thy glory. But Jesus said unto them, Ye know not what ye ask. Can ye drink of the cup that I drink of, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said unto him, We can. And Jesus said unto them, Ye shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of, and with the baptism that I am baptized withal shall ye be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you. But what, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. This is that again pointing out serving one another. Mm-hmm. But so it shall not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be minister unto, ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Amen. So now let's go to Ruth, uh, second chapter of Ruth. But yeah, in all these things, Christ, um, like, you know, doing, uh, showing these acts into the disciples on how they should do, how we should do one to another, um, is, is kindness. But it's also the, the bigger picture is that it's Him. He is the bigger picture. He is, He is, He was. And he forever will be the perfect example. No, we never. Uh, second chapter. I don't think so. I think you're right, Jake. I gotta get there myself. I'm not used to. I'm not used to. Um, Your know, Ruth is between Judges and Samuel. Yeah, this big Bible is <laughs> giving me a run for my. My uh, time, my fingers. I figured it'd be more challenging with a little Bible. Oh, I'm so yeah. yeah that's the thing because I'm so used to it. Yeah. Okay, Ruth. Uh, Ruth two. Say Ruth two. Okay, Ruth two. Um, first verse. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite and Moabites said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was, was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, and, and they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? 
And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, the, the reapers is making me think of angels. It is the Moabite, Moab, Moab, Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now. And that's some work. She continued, um, continued that responsibility. That she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they, that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go into the vessels, and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, and bowed herself to the ground, and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that, that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been shewed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother in law since the death of thine husband, and how that thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy na nativity, and art come into a people which thou knewest not heretofore. Here's the part I wanted to get to. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. So this is the important part I wanted to get to because it was pointing out that Ruth was working. And I think at some point she, she felt a little tired in the day. And she was um, wondering, like, um, why are you having grace on me? And he was he's like, you are a stranger. But he also reminded her in this in this part in verse 12, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. So in um, collectively in what was mentioned before is that in the work that we're doing in serving one another, we can become weary. But Christ reminds us um, that he we, we will recompense us in our work. Sometimes we might get weary and don't, and sometimes we might not even look for reward. But here you here you have God telling us that He is coming. He's not um, forgetful of your doing. He's not. And the best reward of all is um, just for serving the Lord and um, is spiritual reward. With yes. Him. Closeness and relationships with Him and the things that just because you stay faithful and trust in Him through all the tribulations then that he reveals something more to you or you get a deeper connection to him during that time of the weakness. Like to me, those are the most valuable rewards that I could ever ask for. Yes. And I think like one of the greatest things too is Christ in you. Yes. Because man, when he's in you, man, it's it's so hard to explain that all this about like, you know, what we can get and what all that, man, when it's Christ in us, it's it's the end. Yes. It's the end of the mission. It's like when Paul says, I am subject to Christ, or I am, um, you know, what we say, in bonds to the Lord. It wasn't like he was a slave, but he was like in that place of, man, Lord, whatever, I don't even matter in the situation. It's all about fulfilling the mission and what the Lord wants us to do. And that, that really is the only hope of glory is to have him. 
you know, in all that we do. Okay, uh, let's go to Hebrews uh, chapter 6. Um, yeah, that, that, yeah that's, that's, that is really important. Just got to remember, you know, um, doing these things, um, it, it is like we are, we are being built up in Christ. The more we're serving one another and putting it into a practice and habit, we're, it's like we're being formed and formed and formed. We're, build, we're building and building. Or Christ is building in us more and more and more. The more we continue to um, be available for him to be used, he's building us up more. When you continue to do that, somebody will say, Wow, you're so beautiful. But they're, just, they're saying like, Jesus, I can see him. You know, it's like that's that's what pe people may not say that directly, but that's that's what people say. Some people may not know Jesus to say that. Some people may not may not be there in their mind. But when you continue to do those works and being a servant uh, and being kind one tw towards another, people see that and say, "Wow, you that's beautiful." Yeah. And they, they're mm -hmm. like them glorifying Jesus. Um, and a point I want to bring up too is, is that you know. It is awesome when we get blessings from the Lord because, you know, He's the only one that can bless us. And if we, if we know it's from Him, because we obviously know that Satan has power too, and you know, we got to know who we're getting our blessing from. Mm -hmm. We got to make sure it's from the Lord. But at the same time, it's like we also got to look for chastisement from the Lord as well. Because if we're just going along doing whatever we want to, mm -hmm. and we say that we're followers of Jesus Christ, and He's not stopping us from what we're doing, saying, "Hey, I don't want my children to go to stray, so I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna pull out that, that paddle, yeah. and I'm gonna uh, the rod, and I'm gonna crack so, those legs." Mm -hmm. And if that's not happening to us, and we're doing, we know that we're doing things that we shouldn't be doing mm -hmm. to honor the Lord. If we know that He's told us to pray, he, if he, we know he's told us to fast and we're not doing that if we know he's told us to talk to people and we didn't do that that's disobedience mm -hmm. but if he's not chastising us for that something wrong with that picture and it's not because the Lord doesn't love us but have we asked him or have we gone so far astray that it's kind of like you know what I'm going to let you go this direction for a while because this is obviously where you want to be mm -hmm. when you get ready to come back let me know but it's just the correction is not always good when it happens. I mean, it doesn't always feel good when it happens, but to me, that's that's one of like the a uh, sure sign that God loves you. God, God loves us. You. Is yeah. that correction? I'm not saying we don't get blessings from the Lord, but it needs to be the correction as well. Yeah, yeah. You can't be partial. That would be partial. You can't. How can you ask for the gifts and ask for things, but you don't want to get a whooping? It's funny you, don't, you, you don't said that because be there was a woman. I mean, that woman, um, one of the guys, you know, that we ride with sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, going home, he said to me that, um, he was like, I don't understand why, you know, we go through so much in our lives. And I remember telling him, like, you know, well, he talked about how everything he plans in his life somehow it never pans out. And I was saying to him, you know, I never thought about the fact that my life never, I never really planned certain things like everything I've done in my life none of them go together they're all different and um, you know I was just saying that the Lord was showing me that if we don't go through pain and hurt like if we could plan our own lives they would be perfect we would never suffer any hurt we would never want to go through anything if we could really dictate what we do everything would be grand everything would be beautiful 
And in doing so, we'd probably be, you know, fat, dumb, lazy, uh, everything else, you know? 100%. But we'd be so content that we would never suffer or yeah. go through anything. It's like having a form of godliness, but... Denying the power that yeah. yeah. Yeah, just... And, and also, too, what makes me think of that is um, trying to, like, filling yourself up, you can't... I, I don't... It's, it's like blinding yourself, you know? It it's, it's like... You can't see your other brothers or sisters suffering if you're rich. You know, if you're building your own self up, you can't see them over there. You know, you don't... There's a person over there by that bush just sitting over there, but you can't see them because your big castle is all the way up here, and you can't look down. You know, you can't. It's like, this is where this is where Christ tells us, why you build a big castle um, with a hundred rooms, and you're all the way at the top. The rest of the rooms might be empty, but you, what about that person down there? You can't even see him. But Christ is saying... Don't build up your treasure on earth. You know, he's saying, um, be humble. We're supposed to have a heart of humility so we can see everyone down here. We can see everybody who are downtrodden. Who we can Amen. see, we can reach everybody who are oppressed, those who are beaten, the needy, the poor. We're supposed to have that heart and Christ will uplift us. He who, is, who, he who exalts himself shall be abased. He who is humble shall be exalted. Amen. Um, so in Hebrews chapter 6, uh, verse 8. Um, actually, no, let's go to verse 7. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected, and is, and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you, and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have shewed towards his name, and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Mm -hmm. So this is again Christ reminding you, don't falter. Continue. And I, I say this like, I, 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 I've been there. I, I've, I've been weary. I've Sometimes I, I, I get tired too. I have, to be, I have to be honest. But Christ comes. He says it right here. For God is, is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor. He's not. Of love. Of which, and th that's important too, right there. Of love. When we serve one another, it's of love. When we're kind, be kind one to another. It's of love. Some people might say, like, we got to do something grand and buy somebody a car. No. You can just be be kind, be unselfishly kind out from your heart, from your pour out your soul, love Amen. them, give. Yep. Don't don't think to give twenty percent. That's not giving. Nope. They they might they need a hundred percent. You give a hundred percent, that might get you exhaust, exhausted. God will then lift you up and give you more a hundred percent and bring you back to a hundred percent, so you can keep giving more of your 100%. This is what he's saying. Give your all. Die. Why are you, why are you scared to hold on to your life? Yep. You're going to die anyway. Don't you know that? And if the enemy get a hold of you from the things that I'm protecting you for, he's ruthless. He's, he's not going to... He's no, no bars held. He's going to tear you apart. But here I'm telling you, holding you in my hands, telling you there is no one that can pluck you out of it. Any children that that is in my father's hands, none can pluck them out of my father's hands. None that the father hath given me have I lost. So he is telling us, go out to give. Give 100%. And if you die, you are dying doing my work. 
So I will lift you up in the last day and say, you did this, and you died doing it. Paradise. That's true. No, I agree with uh, what James said, too, because I remember we saw this, um, I think it was a slide that um, we had on one of the um, teachings, but it says it showed slothfulness, and it showed a person asleep. It showed slothfulness again. Um, I think a person just, like, staring up and doing nothing. Then it showed a person, um, third, busy in their work. In the world, slothfulness. All three represent slothfulness because you're not working for the kingdom. You're not doing what the Lord told you to do. And I think that that's a, that's a good picture of what this is about as far as giving, as far as caring, as far as doing. If we are busy, I agree with James that it's not of God. You know, it's like when we do for him that kindness, that love, that charity, that is the only time that you are ever busy. It's almost like the Lord telling you, you're not busy unless you're doing something for me. You know, it's really yeah. about loving. He only gave two commandments, loving him and loving your neighbor. And, I mean, we need to demonstrate that. So, I mean, yeah. hey, I'm totally in line with James. Yeah, if you, if you work and get money, what of that? Did Christ call us to do that? Think about it. Did Christ call you to get an income? And I know that I know that money, it takes money to organize things. It takes money because we gotta pay bills. I get that. But when you think about it as the most thing that people put as their priority, Christ didn't call us to get money and to build like to um to work. He called us to love one another. Does it cost money to love somebody? Does it cost money to be kind? Does it cost money to when you do these, give it your all. Don't be fake about it. Be true, be real. Be kind to your brothers. Don't be afraid. They won't get. They probably won't get to. If it's twenty percent, they won't. They may not see that twenty percent. Let it shine brighter. Be at a hundred percent. You got These things ought to be done, and mm-hmm. the other not to be not undone. Also, I love how ten says and labor of love. Just really, really showing that it's about an action. Yes. It's about a doing, and yeah. Yes, yeah. and and in that. Uh, with that same thing, Christ tells us in Acts how we are to, to be kind. Not just washing each other's feet. Um, that is a that is a good example. But there is another one. And we're going to go to, uh, let's go to Luke 10. We're done in Hebrews 6? Yes. We're going to go to Luke 10 and and let's go to verse 25. Luke 10 and 25? Yes. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love thy... And he answering said... This is... He, he's saying to the uh, lawyer, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And the, the lawyer answered... And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. So he knows the first and the great commandment, and the second commandment the second and great commandment verse 28 and he said unto him thou hast answered right 
This do and thou shalt live. Think about that. This do and thou shalt live. Having life in you. This is what Christ is saying. 29. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite. Look at this. Here you have a man who fell among thieves and they stripped him, beat him up. And probably took took whatever he had. Maybe he had some things for them to take. I don't know. But they stripped him and they probably left him. And this is what it says in the first person that came to see this man. And by chance, in verse 31, And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So, in this passage, you can say, just by having a name, that doesn't mean anything. Just by being called a priest or being a priest, that doesn't mean you're kind. Amen. This is showing it right here. Just because that you're a priest, that means nothing. Or Look called at, a Christian. Yeah, or called a, yes, a called yeah. a Christian. Yeah. This, is why, this is one reason why I also don't like labels. Being called a Christian means nothing. It is your walk and your deeds and your actions. What you say is nothing. What you say is nothing at all. And this, verse 31, By chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, and when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set, and set him on his own beast. Look at that. He's. Does that sound like somebody that's given ten percent, five percent? Gave him the anointing yeah. in a car. Oh yeah, he gave him yeah, he gave him oil and wine and set him on his own beast. First class. These saying give it your all. Give. What you have the means to give. Why are you holding back? Why? Can you imagine why the righteous king and great king would be angry? You have means to give. Why are you hiding? When he comes with fire in his eyes, can you imagine why he's angry? Why are you holding back? You got this person over here suffering and you have the means to give. But you're not giving. This is wrong. Let's continue. And uh, Continue verse 34. And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow went, and on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? Do you think the priest was the neighbor? The priest might have been thinking, uh, maybe I should give him some space. Is that is that a neighbor? <laughs> No, that, that sometimes passes people's mind. Maybe maybe he's just relaxing. Maybe he doesn't need my help. Is that a neighbor? That's the neighbors in this 
world. Yeah, that's well, the, maybe someone else will do it. You know, that's yeah. sort of thing. Maybe, maybe well, I'll get to it later. If he's still here when I get back from doing what I'm doing, then maybe I'll come and help him out. And yeah, I and, get it. Yeah, but yeah, this is what Christ is calling us to do. And and in this in this study, the the key point is kindness. It's serving. The most important point is the perfect example, which showed us those key points of kindness and serving. Is Jesus? He is. He is. He was. Yeah, he is the perfect example. He showed us these things and what we should do. So here you have it, where Christ is telling us acts we should do to one to another. A priest is passing by on the side. We don't know. The, the scriptures doesn't say what might be passing by the thoughts of the priest. But mind you, that if we are in Christ, we have the mind of Christ. We thinking Christ-like. So we would know how to treat somebody else. We wouldn't pass on the other side. And this is by all means not judging anybody. For God forbid that we come from a mindset of, of judgmentalness, but let us have a mindset of, of Christ and be brotherly loving towards others and reminding each other like, hey, be kind. You know, we, we have it. And let us have that heart of fervent, ferventness and to be caring one towards another. You, have you know, I, I read somewhere uh, there's a correlation between these three people and the, the first two are actually Jews. The third is not a Jew, so he's a, he's a Gentile. Exactly. Right, yeah. I forget how it really goes, but it really proves that, you know, there's... Amen. So, Gentiles are good. And, yeah, and, yeah. That is that is actually an important point. And this may not be part of the study, but I want to say this. A lot of people a lot of people look for something or someone and they expect them to be something that they expect. They expected Jesus to come like to be as the perfect, you know, like have anybody heard of the angel effect? I've been study I studied this um in a course with angel effect is when you see some a guy or a woman, they might say, "Oh, they're per they're a perfect ten," and because I feel that they're a perfect ten, that means they can't be a criminal. They're not a jerk. They're perfect, and this is what they expected Christ to be. Um, and Christ was perfect without spot or blemish. But I'm meaning they didn't expect for him to say, "Love your neighbor." They probably didn't expect for him to say, um, "Give and be a servant." They probably expected th for them to be uplifted. You know, the priest who gave themselves a name. That's just probably what they expected. But Christ didn't come for them. He came for the lowly. He came for the humble. He came for the poor and needy, which we are supposed to go to. This is what I'm saying, and, and, and exactly what you're tying to. These are three Jews. These are three Jews. Or, right, two Jews, three people. Two Jews, but three people. And the one that wasn't expected to be a neighbor was a neighbor. You know, can you imagine... Uh, a lot of stereotypes that is put on, and not all blacks are are bad, and and it's not a racial thing. But not all all whites are good, and not all whites are bad either. You know, it's in your heart. It's how you are, and how Christ needs to be formed in you that you go out and constantly have His mind and be of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. That you go out and do the works of the Son of the Living God. We can't do this of ourselves. Our own goodness is not goodness. It's filthy. It's not. It's selfish. Like, we think that we're good. Um, I can't even explain it. Like, there's there's rich people in this world, and they think they're doing somebody justice by, I don't know, by 
Like even charity. You know, yeah, just by charity. Seen on TV yeah, by building yeah. some huge synagogue. Yeah. But it's like, um, go out into the streets. You know, go out into the people that need it and who don't have it, who, who can't get there to that spot. Help them. That's, That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Let's go to, um, we have to go back to, actually, no, let's, let's go to uh, Second Chronicles. Let's go to Second Chronicles and fifteen. First verse, and the spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you, while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season Israel hath been without the true God, and without a teaching and without a teaching priest, and without law. But when they, in their trouble, did turn into the Lord God of Israel, and sought him, he was found of him, as found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. Wow. And nation, and nation was destroyed of nation, and city of city, for God did vex them in all adversity. Now this is what I wanted to get to. Be ye strong therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. That is another part that you is reminded of again in Hebrew, um, in Ruth, and in Chronicles. Throughout Old Testament and New Testament, we are we get weak. There's people in the Old Testament that in their much doing they got weak too. And the New Testament the same, but he reminds us as staying the he is the God. As the old um, time was, is, and forever will be, he shows us throughout time that he is still here. In verse 7, Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Let's go to... Um, see, I think that might be the last hey, You know what? That's a big part of believing God, you know, is... What we put aside for his work versus what we do in the world, I mean, one shows our reality and what we truly believe. Whatever we put more into is what we truly believe. Jesus says, there where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So if your heart is in a certain place, that is where the most time is going to be spent, mm -hmm. you know? And, and that's only a fact. I mean, Jesus said it. So, I mean, that's just something that I know I can improve on, you know? I mean, I'm looking to... Hopefully, lose my job ministering and, you know, let the Lord provide for me as I go. I don't want to be tied to any of this. Yeah. For what? So the devil can keep pulling strings while I'm trying to do the will of the Lord, you know? Yeah. That would actually be totally awesome to have that, you know. And it's not that it can't happen. It's just that 
you know, uh, and I've it's even gonna take faith. Exactly. I mean, no, it's fine. And I've even caught myself saying this too. It's like, man, I don't want to go to work today. I just want to do the will of the Lord, and I'm gonna look for opportunities to lose my job serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you go to work, and all of a sudden you're like quiet as a church mouse. And it's just like, you know, it's like, do you really mean that? Do you really want to <laughs> lose your job so you can go out no, and serve a, me and I provide for you? In a way, this can be said that you you won't even have to pray for it because the time will come where. Mm -hmm. You, you, yeah, so you won't have to pray for it. The time will come. I think it's, uh, let's just pray that um, we, we be used mm -hmm. in this time period. Because believe me, the time will come where not just you, the God, God will probably put it in your spirit to leave, or it just might be an occasion where somebody say, you're fired, bye-bye. And it's like, well, thank you, you did me a service. I was going to leave anyway. You know, I'm not attached to this world. So you, you don't need to pray for it. It's going to come. The world is going to get to that point where uh, God is indeed dividing his sheep from among the goats. He is, he is showing us these things. But yeah, that's, that's the study that um, is being kind. You know, and Christ is showing us as the perfect example to be kind one to another and to continue. And in your works well doing, you might get weary. But Christ is saying that he's not, he's not unrighteous in forgetting. He knows where with the labor that you do. Don't forget. Be uplifted in your spirit and continue. Continue. That's right. Like you said, do it. Don't do it to be seen of men. Do it in a pure heart. Yes. That, you know, because God sees it all. Yes. Great study, man. Thank you. My voice was cracking. <laughs> <laughs> my voice was cracking. Those look comfortable, man. Like, they look like shoes on. They're comfy. Yeah. Yeah. Christina got those for me. They, they, they have, like, all look good stuff. Like, <laughs> padding in all the right places. Yeah, it even says left and right, so you know which one's which. <laughs> it's so nice. It's handy. I look at it. Let's go to John 6. Mine should be pretty short. And 25. St. John? Yes, sir. found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Sorry, like, whenever I see, like, fairly, verily, it just, like, touches my heart so much. Like, that's Jesus speaking. Amen, right. um, labor not... It's all good. Labor not for the meat which perish, which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. So it's interesting too that it says here, labor not for meat which perisheth. So, sorry, Dan, just going back to your salt. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, man. <laughs> the salt, right? It's yeah. preservative, right? Normal meat, yeah. 
But just oh. like just like fishes, you know, love like loaves and fishes. The fishes, when you get them from the sea, you dry them and you can yeah. leave them out, and they're always fine till you eat them because you just eat a dry fish, but mm. but they're salty. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he has sent. So believing on him whom he has sent. That's in bright red letters, in my Bible at least. Mm -hmm. They said, Therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou what dost thou work? It's interesting too, like here they're still like they've seen the loaves and everything. They're talking to Jesus and they're still like, What signs, you know, what signs can I see? You know? But they said therefore unto Oh sorry. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. So man shall not live by bread alone. By the living word, yes. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am mm -hmm. the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Mm. You know what was what came to my mind is that it says, "I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst." Yeah. Essentially, when we are doing his um, his works, it is like we're eating spiritually. So he is constantly feeding us, feeding us, mm -hmm. and giving us drink. Mm -hmm. So this is yeah. And also it's, feeding others through us. Yes. As well, sorry. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that when we're usually serving, um, a lot of times it's people who are hungry or are thirsty or sick who need that spiritual food mm -hmm. um, and need to come to him so they won't ever be in that same place. Because I think any man, I agree with Christina, I think any man that don't know Jesus is sick. Mm -hmm. He is a captive, you know, he is in prison. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Sorry, man. Uh, I love it. I love it when people discuss the word. Just it feeds me. You hungry? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> but um, no, those words like it's just so real. Me and Christina actually last night we just took turns like we were listening in the spirit like, and then we'd one of us would listen in the spirit like, where should we go in this? And then we'd pass the Bible to the other and like we'd read scripture and then talk about the revelation that the spirit brought from us. And we like just kept doing that back and forth. And we were just talking about how like we were literally no longer hungry anymore. Like we just felt so good and like full and just like resting in the presence of the Lord. Like it's been like hours since we ate and we didn't even eat dinner because we just felt so satisfied. Like <laughs> And we looked around and then just like the fog, it was yeah. just like resting in the presence. 
glory cloud. Amen. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. So I'm just going to read that again real quick. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. So they've seen Jesus Christ. They're looking right at the Son of God. That's the coolest thing in the world. But all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. So us that are truly the Lord's, we know. And we know because we hear his voice. So you guys can either, um, I'm, I'm going to stay here, but I'm going to jump real quick. And I'm going to jump to 2 Timothy 2.19. It says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. All right, I'm going to jump one more to First John. Uh, Timothy, thank you. Uh, no, I'm going to, oh, sorry, stay in John. And then, um, yeah, I'm just jumping, just establishing that. Um, First John 2 and 19. I wanted to. I wanted to um, continue reading that part. You said that everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. So that's that's great when he's in saying that because I have many sheep not of this fold. A lot of people might feel I am. We can only be gold or silver, but God is saying like. Um, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth. Some might deem them less valuable, but not so. Christ still loves you the same. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, 2.19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. Amen. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. So right here, we recognize that the Lord recognizes, you know, and we as the true sons of the Lord can recognize true sons of the Lord, you know, because we are in communion with him and we hear of him. And it says to like, I don't know, I was just thinking about the ministry and everything and just like Me too as you were speaking. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, I was just thinking about it, too, just, like, wondering about, like, people that come in and out, you know, or wondering about new people, and I love it, because, like, I've seen, like, some new faces that I haven't seen in a while, you know, but it's just, like, here, when people come, I mean, it's okay, because it just says that if they're, you know, not to say that they're not, but in in a sense, it's just, like, they'll continue, you know? with us like we're all one body of believers mm-hmm. and they'll continue with us because they're truly the lords you know mm-hmm. so it's okay and not one single thing is knows everything about the lord right okay awesome. 
So for I came down from oh, yeah. he- uh sorry, I went back to, back to John. John. Yeah. John was six. six and what? Thirty eight. Thank you. I just call a foul or something. <laughs> I like to be lost. Did your whistle? That was my basketball side coming in. I'm like crossing over in the book of. No, <laughs> For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of Him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which He hath given me, I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day. So I think about that too, talking about the death, you know. He didn't lose a thing. He poured everything out, and what did he do? He just got back, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at that last day. So, that everyone which seeth the Son and believing on him. So it's interesting because first it says, which seeth the sun. And not all of us have seen Jesus, right? Maybe some in a vision, maybe others, I don't know, taken up to heaven. I've heard stories of people that have seen Jesus. There's also two groups there. You know, one, he that believeth, and then he that seeth, which are those who saw him while he was here, those who, like Carlin said, they may come in a vision. You know, the Lord has visited people. He still visits people today. Mm-hmm. And then there is those that believe who will come later, you know, too, like us, you know, to some degree. So, yeah. Amen. And then that next part, and believeth on him may have everlasting life. So, like we're saying, as long as we believe, we're still into that. But look at this. Everyone is going to see Jesus one day, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. So may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at that last day. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have. And also the ones that, that come to him, he's not going to cast them out, you know. And also, what's, and also what, that's true, also we got to understand what believeth means, because the English can deceive you. People think believeth means like, oh yeah, I believe he's alive, yeah, I believe he existed, yeah, I believe some of the things that he said here, and I believe as long as I read them and not do them. You know, you can believe a lot, but when it says believe it, it means taking Jesus Christ as a whole. Yeah. Everything he did, everything he said, you know, like he said just before Carlin read that, I came, um, well, he said, I came not to do my own will, but the will of him that yeah, sent me. And then what does he go from there to? He that believeth on me, shall, you know, so... As Jesus was an example of the Father, we need to be an example of Him. But yeah, and, and also uh, relating to that, it, it does say in the Scripture that um, the devils believe also and they tremble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that believing, you know, that yeah, that is you do it well if you believe, but also that doesn't mean anything if you're not doing anything. Amen. If you're not serving God, you can believe all day. The devils know that there is only one living God, and they tremble. Mm-hmm. But if we are not doing according to Christ, then it's like we're, we're disobedient. Amen. Were you going to say It just goes back to how we talk to about uh, just like knowledge or saying, like you love someone or your neighbor, you're going to help your neighbor. Saying you're a Christian doesn't mean you are. Um, it really comes back to your fruit and if you are um, acting and doing mm-hmm. and laboring in Christ and believing, showing 
another another way that helps us know that when we are, it's like you're you're going to suffer. Mm-hmm. You you you're going to feel some kind of suffering. Like oh man, I don't know. How to, like some attacks, they come in attacks, or you just will feel grieved. Mm-hmm. Somebody can ask you, is everything okay? No. Just yeah. like we are suffering, and we're supposed to suffer. Again. That's so good. Like every single time, like we were talking about how. So whenever we go up, like with the Lord, you know, we have like a good revelation or something like that. It's almost like we're just expecting tomorrow to like just be getting hit from every angle, you know. And it should like no longer be a surprise, but it seems like every time it is, because like I go up there with the Lord and like I'm so happy and everything, and I just forget, and then it's just like. That's the time after that to just plug right back in, mm-hmm. eat your bread, and get yes. filled up again. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, I got a song. Yay! <laughs> in the beginning, you created us to be like you. You created us to be faithful, holy, just, and true. Through one man's sin, death entered. Death had entered in, and our just reward is hell and the lake of fire for that sin. Yes, yeah, sure. But your faithfulness to us would not let us die. To believe in your truth than to believe the enemy's lie. Jesus, you are my father. You are my first. You are my husband, my only love, my provider, my strong tower. Holy Ghost power. What other idols would I want to place before you? The only one who has ever been faithful, holy, just, and true. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll pray out tonight. Um, this was an amazing study, you know, I felt like everybody was on one accord, you know, and I like how we all fed off of each other because that's the body of Christ, you know, we are to be fitly joined together and to do what the Lord says, but I agree with my brother James tonight, my brother Carlin, my sister Sarah, and everyone in attendance that we've got to love our neighbor, you know, we, we really do because... The Lord's paying attention to these things. Mm -hmm. He really, truly is. And, you know, let's just not be talkers. Let's let's just do. And not just thinkers either, because we we might feel that we love our neighbor just because we think about them or just because we have have them in our mind. But what is that doing to that? That neighbor doesn't feel your thoughts. You know, you got to do. So it's, it's about doing. And Christ showed us the Good Samaritan, washing each other's feet. He showed us how to be good examples. He was the perfect example. He was the leader because we don't know how to do it. So he, he taught us and we ought to... Also, just one thing. I think it's really easy to think that you are kind. Um, and I'm talking with myself too because you aren't mean. Because maybe you're, you don't say anything. So you think you're being kind, you know. Mm-hmm. But what are you doing to show that? Yeah. So think of every day, you know... Reflect on yourself. What did I do that was kind? What action did I show? What did I do for somebody? What That's did I true. give? Um, and just as you go out through your week and stuff, just I agree. Yeah, you true. know, there'll come a point where we won't even have to think about it. It'll yeah. be a nature. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's why Jesus Christ needs to be formed so yeah. there's no conflict. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're going to feel what Jesus feels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you kind just because you're quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't make you kind. Yeah. yeah, just because you're not saying it. That's right. No, and in order to be used of the Lord, we have to know how the Lord feels. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, what he did to Isaiah, what he did to Hosea, Jeremiah, they all had to get a sense of what the Lord feels so we can speak for him. And unless we're in that trial and tribulation, you know, you don't know what the Lord feels because we have not put ourselves out there. 
we got to put ourselves out there. All right, so from here, I guess we can go out in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this meeting. We thank you for this amazing study, and we thank you for your emphasis on love and kindness and affection, Lord, towards each other. Lord, for you said that unless we do it in a pure heart, that these things cannot be done. And I pray that this message gets out, Lord, to those who have eyes and can't see and ears who can't hear. For those, Lord, who are troubled in their lives and wondering what's the hold up. Lord, I pray that no flesh gets glorified here. Lord, I pray that your will be done. And I pray, and I, we just thank you, Lord, for what you have done. And I'm asking, Lord, not just with our brother James, not just with our sister Sarah, not just with our sister Christina and Carlin and, and brother and, you know, everyone else, Lord. But you've got gifts for everyone, Lord. And I pray that you pour on that gift. I pray that that gift grows, Lord. Pull the gifts out of every single believer, Lord, for you know that you sent them here for a purpose. And you know that there comes a point that we have to do your will. So I pray, Lord, that the Holy Ghost falls mightily upon everyone. I pray that the words that were spoken tonight goes into their hearts, that they might receive it, yes. that we may be changed into new men and women of Jesus Christ, and that, Lord, you may be formed in us where our mission becomes complete. We pray for the brothers and sisters who are not in attendance with us, Lord, but they listen in for those who call. Lord, we pray for our sister Aline tonight, Lord, for all she's going through, and our sister Melissa. We pray for our sister Laura, Lord, who's been suffering back trouble and things going on in her life. We pray for the brethren, Lord, that used to attend, that are now doing their, your will elsewhere. But, Lord, we just ask that we become that body, that we become made in the image of you, Lord Jesus. And I'm asking, Lord, that none of our works go in vain. I pray that we be led by the Spirit in all affairs. So, Lord, drop a heavy anointing right now, Lord, on those who want to do your will. Those vessels that are willing, Lord, for those are the ones that you have called. And though your gospel may be for all, we know that there's nothing more than your holy remnant that are going to receive your words, Lord. So I pray that you place them upon these people, Lord, that they might receive. And I pray, Lord, for my son Andrew, Lord, you know what he stands in need of. You know what he desires. You know what things may plague him and what he's going through. But as you said, Lord, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Yes. So, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you just do amazing works in his life, that yes. this won't be the last times we see him, Lord, but that he may have a heart after you. For you have worked with every single believer in here, Lord. And when you found us, we were not in the place that we should have been. Some of us want drugs, some of us on alcohol, some of us womanizing, some of us out there just broken and beat down, Lord. But you came and you found us and you fixed us, Lord, and you're continuing to work in us that we might be right. So, Lord, we know that you are the remedy. We know that you are the great physician. And we know, Lord, that through you, aside from you, we can do nothing. So, Lord, let us cling to the true vine. Let your fruit grow in us. And let the gifts manifest if need be. But Lord, let us not just come together for breakfast. Let us just not come together for lunch or for prayer or for talking. But let us come together to do your will, Lord. For if we be of one spirit, then that means that, Lord, that we, that we need to do what we need to do together and as individuals. So I pray, Lord, that you light a fire in everyone with this teaching tonight. 
I pray that you guide our steps. I pray that you take over our minds. I pray that you cover us in your full armor, Lord, that we may war a good warfare and that we may finish our course, Lord, for you are that righteous God and we do belong to you. But let us believe it, Lord, not just in what we may feel and what we may fantasize about, but let us truly be authentic. Let us be real in the spirit, for Jesus Christ lives in us. For you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are faithful, just, and you are true, and you are worthy of all praises. Let us go out and win these souls, Lord. There's no time like now. If we can't win souls, Lord, then that means that we've got to be spiritually dead. But if the life in Jesus Christ is in us that we know that is in all of us, then I pray, Lord, that your Holy Ghost comes upon them. And I pray, Lord, that that born-again experience and that spirit will overflow, Lord, and touch the masses. We thank you, Lord, and we just pray that you do all these things for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' mighty and holy name, Lord, I just want to say this too. Forgive me. The brethren that are here that we have not seen in a while, Lord, I thank you for bringing them back. I thank you that you kept them in all health, Lord, and in perfect peace. And I pray, Lord, that you just do what you need to do with every individual here. We thank you for being faithful and true. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.